Welcome to Between the 20s Dynasty Football Podcast. I am your host, Mike Sheever. Join with me today, phoning in, is our new partner, Ronald Schmill, joining the Between the 20s team. Welcome, Ron. We're happy to have you, and uh, here's your first podcast, buddy. Are you excited? Yeah, man. Pumped to be on here. It's been a long time coming. We've been talking about this for forever, so pumped to get on and contribute. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk today. We have our 2018 wide receiver class preview. You know, this class is kind of interesting because it has gotten a lot of hate. And everybody knows I'm a wide receiver hater. I don't think there's any doubt about it. But I will say that I actually am starting to like this class more than most because I think the hate has gone too far. And we're going to dive in today and give you guys some good reasons why I think the hate has gone too far. And I think it starts with this, and, and I'll lead the episode off with this. In 2014, we had the best receiver class of all time come through. And it really caused the 2015 class and 2016 class, in my opinion, to be overhyped based on what they were as prospects entering the NFL. After the majority of 2015 busted, 2016 was atrocious, and the three receivers taken round one last year were all hurt and didn't perform. I think the 2018 class is feeling the reverse effect of it. Do you have any thoughts on that, Ron? Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. And, and I think when we got the first initial look at this class, we were kind of a little nervous, a little worried. Um, but I think the more that I've kind of dove in and watched film and, and, and researched on these guys, I'm starting to come around a little bit and uh, feeling a lot more comfortable with this wide receiver class than I once did. Yeah, absolutely, Ron. And without further ado, let's start off this 2018 class. So I think there's a clear top four wide receivers. Christian Kirk, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, and Cortland Sutton. Now, I don't really care which order you have the four of those guys. I have them in the order I just listed. Kirk, Moore, Ridley, Sutton. What is your top four on those guys? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Same top four. I think that's pretty like standard across the board. I think everyone would agree with you. Um, I, I order a little bit different than yours. I go Ridley, Moore, Sutton, Kirk. So I'm actually pretty glad, you know, that we have a little bit difference in our ranking. Is that what I, you know, we have a little bit more to talk about here today? Absolutely. And I think, you know, Christian Kirk, he's my number one guy. It's interesting that you have four, so we're going to talk about him here. I'm interested to see what you have to say from a negative standpoint. But here's why I love Kirk. There, I did a historical research on most of the – basically the entire wide receivers to the last decade. And let me tell you, for my breakout age, I put parameters of 50 receptions, 750 receiving yards, and six touchdowns. And Christian Kirk had a true breakout age as a freshman to hit those parameters. Let me tell you the players that hit these parameters. Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, Corey Davis, Juju Smith-Schuster, Cooper Cup. Tyler Boyd, who was a big miss, Amari Cooper, Sammy Watkins, Mike Evans, Devontae Adams, Marcus Lee. Those are just names from the past, you know, four years or so. That's a good list to be on, Ron. Yeah, I'd say there's some pretty good company there. And I definitely love their production out of Kirk, you know, his freshman season. That breakout season I think is really important. The things that I love about Christian Kirk is 
his play in the slot. I think that it's a positive as well as a negative with him. But, man, when you watch him and what he was able to do out of the slot, incredible production, really just a phenomenal college player. Yeah, I mean, his freshman year, 80 catches, 1,009 yards, and seven touchdowns. That is a monster freshman year. He was an elite recruit coming out of high school, a five-star recruit. His his combine numbers were okay. The one thing I didn't like about him was he had he doesn't have as good of uh, short speed quickness as you'd like to see from a little guy. His his shuttle time was poor and his three cone was poor. You know, for being a 5'10", 201 guy, you'd like to see a little bit of more short area quickness. So that would be my only negative on Kirk in terms of what I what I haven't liked to this point. Do you have anything else to add about him athletically? Yeah, I definitely think, you know, the 7.09 three-cone time is a bit surprising. When you see him on film, you don't – you would just expected him to put up those better short area times based on what you see of him on film because there are times in games where he seemed unstoppable. Like it didn't matter where he lined up or who he was matched up against. He was, he was going to get the ball and he was going to make a play. So I think that's something that will translate to the NFL no matter what. Even if he's just you know a returner or something, he's going to make an impact on the game. And I think, I think that works in his favor. But definitely was surprised with some of the short area times at the Combine. Love the fact that he you know ran a 4.47, a little bit under the average um, overall. Pretty good job with the jumps, so he can't complain about that stuff too much. Yeah, and you know, what's interesting is our next guy here is the only guy in our consensus top four that didn't have a breakout season, uh, and that's DJ Moore. DJ Moore's breakout year wasn't until his junior year where he hit that 50, 70, 750, and 6 parameter. He was a monster as a junior. You know, he had an 80, 1033, 12.9 per catch, and eight touchdowns. And that was on a Maryland team where he had over 50% of the market share. So his yeah. dominator rating, rating on that team was pretty massive. But not not that great of a recruit. I mean, there's a reason why he's playing at Maryland, right? And it did take him until he was a junior to truly become the force that he is. I mean, over half of his career production numbers were this year. That's a red flag to me. Yeah, I mean, I definitely do think that's alarming. I think he's a guy that helped himself a lot during the combine. Look at some. I knew of the numbers you were going to get into up. the athletic numbers for sure, and no doubt. So yeah. go ahead. Right. I mean, I think that that's something that really has kind of brought him to the forefront on as far as like these prospects go. You know, four four two, thirty nine and a half inch vert. That to me is showing that this guy isn't an elite athlete. And I think when you go back to the tape and you kind of watch him. I mean, there wasn't really a whole lot of quarter, quarterback play at Maryland, so I, I can't really hate on his numbers that much, but it is a little surprising to me, like you said, that the breakout season came so much later in his college career. Well, it's weird because on tape he looks like a Golden Tate kind of player, but his metric numbers, actually his size and speed and everything, lines up really close with Sammy Watkins. And it's interesting because I think Watkins kind of has this stiffness to him that Moore has. And I'm, I'm not comparing them talent-wise, but the numbers and the size add up almost identically. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. People love DJ Moore, man. You know, he's been one of the biggest risers. He's now an 89 on Scouts Inc. So he's got a shot to go to the first round. And that 
you know, if he ends up in that Dallas spot now with Des leaving that we're all waiting on, uh, I have no problem making him the wide receiver one of this class. Yeah, no, it's a good situation. I think, you know, he he brings his stock way, way up. When I when I watch him, I think he's a pretty solid job. Um, you know, coming in and out of breaks, I think he could use a little bit more help with that being explosive. But did a great job kind of setting up his double moves with the lack, except with the lack of quarterback play. I think that guy in the right situation with a good quarterback could could end up being you know quite the steal in this draft. Absolutely, and he's been a huge riser. And our next guy, Calvin Ridley, has kind of fallen off a little bit, hasn't he? I mean, he's been the number one receiver on the NFL front throughout this entire process, and I feel like most people still do, at least in the NFL community, have him as their top guy. Now, Calvin Ridley's a little bit older. 23.7 will be his uh, age of his first NFL start. But again, a freshman breakout. I mean, this guy was amazing as a freshman. 89,045 and 7 was his freshman year. And keep in mind, that was the only year he had without Jalen Hurts, the ultimate zero who now transferred to Syracuse and is going to play wide receiver. So to hold Ridley back, and by the way, Ridley was still very productive. Ridley was still more productive in three years with that, you know, than DJ Moore and a lot of guys in this class. And he was handicapped by a terrible quarterback for two of them. You know, when you go back and watch tape on Ridley, I can't tell you how many times he's wide open and Hurts just flat flat out misses him. It is so frustrating to watch. Calvin Ridley is dangerously small. He's six foot one eighty nine. There is no question that that his size is worrisome to me, especially with injuries. I mean, he lines up like a Marcus Lee, for example. And I think they're kind of similar, by the way, coming out as prospects. And, you know, when you're that small and have that, that low of a BMI, you're definitely more susceptible to injury. And that's my biggest worry with Ridley. But his separation is fantastic. I think he's NFL ready. What did you see when you were looking at Ridley, Ron? Yeah, this, the big thing for me, the big the big con on Ridley would be his size. I, I do think it's alarming, but I think that there's so many more pros that he has. His, like you said, his separation and his route running, I think, is something something special to watch. He's a really fluid runner, great release off the line of scrimmage. So I think that those are you know traits that are going to allow him to do well in the NFL, and I think he's going to be able to you know, get that separation with his route running and that won't need to be as physical. But I do think that's something that's going to kind of come into play and and be a little bit alarming to start his career. Yeah, no doubt. And the other thing about Ridley, and I I wanted to bring this up because I, you hear a lot of comparisons to Marvin Harrison. In fact, actually Reggie Wayne on a recent article on NFL.com compared Ridley to his former teammate. And it's interesting because Harrison coming out was six foot 181. So actually even smaller than Ridley. And he was also an older prospect. He was 23.8, and Ridley would be 23.7. So interesting. I only bring that up because to act like Ridley being 23.7 is a big deal and is going to damage you know, him long-term and he can't be successful is just ignorant. You know, We saw what Cooper Cup yeah. did as an older prospect. Um, if you want to have serious concerns about his size, and I'm sure NFL teams do, that is absolutely valid. The age things, yep. get out yep. of here. I, I, I don't want to hear it. 
Yeah, I don't think the age is really going to matter. I mean, it, it's, what I care about in fantasy is you know production and putting up numbers. So I don't really care how old you are. If you're going to put up numbers, isn't that what really counts? And is he the perfect prospect to be younger so we have more time with him in the Dynasty community? No, he's not. But I, I don't think that that's enough. His age is enough to really not him down that much because I think the on-field talent is pretty special. Absolutely. And then to round out our top four, we have Cortland Sutton. Now, Cortland Sutton was a has been a Debbie darling because he's got oh, an interesting yeah. story, right? I mean, he played he started off as a defensive back. He then redshirted, but he did have a breakout season as a redshirt freshman, his first year playing wide receiver. And then he came in as a sophomore and just lit the world on fire. 76, 1246, 16.4 yards per catch and 10 touchdowns as a sophomore. I was really hoping this kid was going to come out last year. I was heavily invested in the 2017 class, and it broke my heart that he didn't. In fact, actually, Ron, I think he hurt his stock a smidge by not coming out last year. Yeah, I agree with you for sure on hurting his stock. I think um, I I was with you being really surprised that he didn't come out because I think when when players like him stay in longer, stay longer in college – I think they just find more flaws in your game. Absolutely. So really surprised that he stayed that extra year. Yeah, you know, he's an Alshon Jeffrey clone. It's a comparison that has been made often. But I'll tell you what, 6'3", 218, Alshon was 6'3", 216. Alshon, like Cortland Sutton, was very quick. Alshon ran a 6'7", 1'3", cone. Sutton blazed it in 6.57. So both those guys, for bigger guys, had pretty good short area quickness, which you like to see. Oh, yeah. You know, like Alshon Jeffrey, I think Sutton's a little raw. I think he struggles with separation like a lot of the bigger guys do. And I do think year one may be some growing pains. But that said, I do think that Sutton long-term can be everything Alshon Jeffrey has been, hopefully without the injuries, right? Yeah, I would agree with you. I think, you know, looking at the positives for Sutton, great frame, you know, big body, just like Alshon. I think that's something you definitely kind of like and um, desire in your in your wide receiver one on any NFL team. The combine numbers were great, you know, solid production in college. Uh, the other thing that I think he does great, too, on film, really great after the catch. You saw him run a lot of screens in college, and I think for good reason, because he's able to take that and take it to the house. With that, that also brings me to the same thing. I'm not really sold on the route running and the, the you know the quality of competition. And like you said, first year that that is what worries me is that he's not going to be able to get open with his route running. He's just going to rely solely on his physical traits, which doesn't always work the well that well in the NFL because everybody's fast, everybody's big, everybody's strong. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I actually didn't see too much out of Sutton after the catch. I, I love DJ Moore after the catch. I, you know, he he stood out yeah. to me incredibly after the catch. But Corlin Sutton, I I do think is going to be a little limited and a little bit of hard knocks. But the talent is there. And and once again, when I'm looking at landing spots, Ron, for these top four guys, our post draft rankings will solely be based on where these four land. There's so many good spots. I mean, we already mentioned Dallas at 19. You have Indy. That's a premier spot. Uh, Arizona yeah. needs needs a guy to sit across Fitzgerald and eventually take over Fitz. 
right? Yeah, desperately need something. Uh, I, I like the number two in Atlanta. I like uh, a spot in Carolina because I think any of these four guys can beat out Funchess. Uh, you know, there, there's just so many good spots. If the Niners are another yep, great spot. San Francisco was the one I was going to add there. Yeah, you, you know Green Bay is always looking at a wide receiver in round two, so that'll be interesting. So, yeah, I think these guys could get some good landing spots, and even though they're not as highly regarded as past classes, I think they're going to be more productive than the first-rounders we've seen in the past couple years by a wide margin. Because not yeah, only do I think they're more than capable – I think a couple of them will, are going to get excellent landing spots. So into our second tier, here's where things get dicey because I think you can really point out some big holes on any of these next four guys. To me, the next tier has to start with Anthony Miller, though, who is, to me, a very interesting prospect. 24.3 years old, though, and I, I only bring that up because the Dynasty community makes this big damn deal over Calvin Ridley's age, and this kid is six months older. Right. And, and I, so I think that's funny how no one ever brings it up with Anthony Miller and everyone brings it up with Calvin Ridley. But there's no question that he is smooth and fun, man. When I when I watch Anthony Miller, he was probably one of my favorite guys to watch because he does have shades of Antonio Brown. He you know, he can play outside for being 5'11, 201. He high points the ball well for a small guy. He's a fantastic route runner. You know, his, his stats were great. He didn't break out until he was a junior, which is a little alarming considering he would have been 22 at that time in college, uh, you know, before he before he broke out. But his final year at Memphis this past year uh, was great. And even his junior year when he did break out, 95 catches, 1,434 yards and 14 touchdowns. Th- those are some big numbers, even if it is the American Conference. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you cannot deny that production. Uh, those numbers are insane. His junior, senior year, you know, going 95 and 96 catches, respectively, over 1,400 yards both years. I mean, I think that's insane. I'm a huge fan of Anthony Miller. You know, the production off the charts, I think, like you said, he can play in the slot, he can play outside. He does a great job on contested catches. I think he's, you know, for, for being only 5'11", 201, this is a big, strong dude. Loves to block. Super, or I should say, hyper competitive. You know, when he when when he blocks, he's trying to take the guy completely off the field and almost into the other locker room. Yeah, he's so, tough. He, he's a tough kid. He's just a baller. I, I, I'm really high on this guy. I really hope he gets himself a good landing spot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, Anthony Miller, God, if he went to Green Bay in round two, that'd be so exciting. You know, I, he is an 81 grade, so I, I do think there's a good shot. We see him in round two, which I think is very important uh, to be a round one or round two wide receiver. And I, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, uh, four five two in the 40 at his pro day, which wasn't great. But you know what? Antonio Brown didn't run, didn't run that well either, you know, in terms right. of, of athleticism. So, I really do, you know, it's it's terrifying to compare a prospect to Antonio Brown, but out of everyone in this class, he has the best chance. I mean, I, I saw the most shades of A.B. and Anthony Miller out of anybody. The next guy that I, I mean, I just hate the next player. So I'm, I'm just going to have you talk about him, and then I'm going to bash him. So why, why don't you go ahead and talk about Mr. James Washington? See, it's, it's kind of a bummer that you're going to lead me into Washington. I know we're both. A little suspect on James Washington. Suspect would be um, an improvement. The one thing that I, 
Yeah, you know, the one thing that I do love about James Washington, I mean, is what, what he was able to do in college. I mean, for being the Big 12, spread offense, whatever, I mean, that dude lined up and balled all the time. So I, I, can't, I can't hate that about him. The one thing that's pretty alarm, or it was a little alarming to me, you know, in college he's a deep field threat, you know, really vertical player. Well, he's only running a, a 4 5 four at the Combine, so... How are you going to be a, a deep field threat, you know, in the NFL, only running a four-five-four? That's definitely something that was pretty shocking to At me. At five-eleven, two-thirteen, the guy's a slow running back, Ron. Yeah, it, like I said, it makes me nervous. But you know, if, I, I can't. You know, I know a lot of people will point to the production, so that's something I, you know, I'm going to highlight for you that you know, numbers just absolutely off the charts. Seventy-one receptions, thirteen hundred yards, ten touchdowns his junior year, senior year. 74 catches, 1,500 yards, 13 touchdowns, averaged almost 21 yards per catch. Like, I mean, that is some pretty pretty impressive stuff. Yeah, I mean, the, the closest guy in my database that goes back to 2008 is that zero, Leonte Carew from 2016, mm-hmm. taken mm-hmm. in the third round. And by the way, James Washington is also a zero who might go in the third round. James Washington's only a 77 grade on Scout Sync. So I this is a classic case where the dynasty community is overhyped on this guy and anyone who knows anything is lower on him than than dynasty. I mean, when I see if you have James Washington as your number 1 receiver, you are a discredit to the community. Seriously. I mean, it, I, no, I mean I'm being serious, man. I mean, it is pathetic to have James Washington as your top fantasy receiver in this class. He has zero chance. He just doesn't have a chance. When you watch him, he doesn't separate from anybody. Mason Rudolph, by the way, puts the ball where it needs to be every time. I've never seen more defenders on the outside fall over than how they sometimes do against James Washington on all of his big plays. Yeah, um, a little strange the way that lined up, huh? Oh, man, dude. James Washington's going to get no separation at the next level. Zero. I also think it matters because... In, in the Senior Bowl, this dude had zero catches. And if you're the number one receiver in the class, you better be able to get more than zero catches, Ron. Come on. You better be able to get more than zero. Because I'll tell you what, he's going to have a lot of zero catches days in the NFL. I can promise you that. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I mean, I think, like for me, Washington's definitely lower on my list. I was kind of surprised you even wanted to bring him up this early. I guess, you know, to get it out of the way. He's a guy that I, I, I just... I'm not really a big fan of, uh, you know, at the NFL level. And I, you know, I, I, I'm going to tend to shy away from shares of James Washington just about anywhere. Yeah, I'm fine to bring up any of the next four guys that we have over him, actually. Um, yeah, for sure. I was going to say, I, I would rather talk about, you know, uh, a couple other guys instead of Washington. While we're on the one-trick pony deep threats, I was going to bring up DJ Shark because let's do it. I think he's the real downfield threat i do too dj shark is a better james washington number one he's 6'3 not 5'11 number two he was an elite athlete what he run a 4'3 4 ron yeah 40? 4 3 4 40 inch vert i mean that's that's, that's a guy that can actually win deep in the nfl uh, you yeah, know, at six three two, so yeah, it, you if, got a lot more a lot more to work with if you're an nfl team and you're looking for that deep threat in round two how do you not pick DJ Shark over James Washington every single time? Now, I will say this about DJ Shark. He never hit a breakout production score. 
and that is not great. You In my list of recent draft classes to never hit that threshold, you had DJ Shark, Auden Tate also this year, Braxton Miller who played quarterback, and that's it. It's a it's a it's a dirty list to belong in, Ron. And um, you know, you just look at DJ Shark, and I, I'm a little worried uh, about him because his career production was 66 catches, 1,351 yards, and six touchdowns. That sounds like some of these other guys' seasons. <laughs> yeah, <all right. laughs> you know. That's- when you're looking at it from that standpoint, um, I totally agree with you. The one thing that I would say that kind of bodes in his favor is that when that guy did touch the ball, it was going for a big play. I mean, if you look at it, like just his his yards from scrimmage, every so let's say he had here we go, he had 91 touches basically in college, average 17.7 yards per touch. That's you know rush and receptions, and scored 10 touchdowns on 91 touches. So. I think the I think he's a big play waiting to happen. Yeah, despite I, the limited production. Yeah, I usually stay away from those kind of guys, the the big play guys. Um, just on my fantasy team, I just don't like him. That's another reason why I don't like James Washington. But you know, I would take Shark over Washington late round two of a rookie draft, and um, I do think he's going to go round two of the NFL draft. I, I I think NFL teams he he's helped himself. Unqu- I mean, he dominated the Senior Bowl, like the exact opposite of James Washington, who had zero right. catches. DJ Shark was an animal in that game. I think he had three touchdowns. I mean, he was just he was the MVP of the games. Absolutely has done everything he could post shitty LSU situation to help himself in the process. So I do give him credit for that. Yeah, um, yeah, no doubt. But that said, the extremely low production definitely profiles him for me as a boom bust prospect without question. Yeah, I, I would agree with that a hundred percent. The next guy, too, and, and you love him, but he's another boom bust for me, Ron, and that's Equinemius St. Brown, and we'll just call him EQ for the rest of, the, for the rest of this conversation because that just gets long to say. But um, yeah. he's, a, he's another boom bust profile. You know, he, he did hit my threshold his sophomore year. He had a sophomore breakout year that was with Deshaun Kaiser. He had 58, 961, and 9 as a sophomore. Uh, the bad news is, Ron, is the dude had 34 career catches in his other two years. You, yeah. I know you love him, so you better defend that to me, Ronald. Well, I think the other thing that I like about EQ, too, is where you're going to get him and what kind of value he's presenting, right? I mean, you're looking at a guy 6'5", 214, ran a four four eight at the Combine, 20 reps on the bench. Impressive, I guess, no matter who you are. Um so I just think that when you watch him, pretty fluid route runner and, and just a smooth runner for being 6'5", and having that, you know, being able to run under 4'5", at, at 6'5", 214, I think, you know, a little bit deceptive speed. I, you know, I've seen some comps out there comparing him to Martavis Bryant, but I, I don't know that I like that as much, but um, I just, I like the upside. I think when you watch him on film, especially in that sophomore season with Deshaun Kaiser throwing him the ball, I think you saw a lot of potential, and I, I think he's going to be a little raw, and it's going to you have to be patient with him. But I think he's a guy that has a lot of upside. Yeah, you know, I again, I think he's a late second flyer. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't hate him, but again, with with all these guys that we've mentioned recently, there's major holes to pick with all of them. And, and EQ, there's no question that he is not producing like his 
reputation would precede him to. So I'm a little on the cautious side, you know, and I've also just seen the big trees fail so many times. You know, how many Doriel Green Beckhams and Justin Hunters and, you know, I I just, I get real tired of that profile. It's just not something that I am eager to invest in, but I get it. You know, if he presents a value, I'd be interested in taking him. And obviously landing spot, you know, with all these guys landing, there's a lot of good landing spots. So this wide receiver class in particular very well could change heavily post-draft. No no question about it. Yep, I'm, I'm with you there. Speaking of wild cards, my next guy kicking off the third tier of prospects, there's not a bigger wild card in the class than Antonio Callaway, who yeah. I, I <laughs> laughed. said about that. Ron, I laughed so hard. Guess who Antonio Callaway was meeting with today? Uh, it's got to be the Cincinnati. Oh, of course it's the Cincinnati Bengals. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I was laughing so hard when I saw that. You know, you look at Callaway, I'll tell you what, in the combine drills, I don't know if there was a more natural receiver in the class than Callaway. He was an elite recruit out of high school. He was really good early on. I mean, he had a sophomore breakout season in terms of hitting our threshold. And I really appreciated how he had success early in the career. Now, we all know about the off the field. And the off the field could cause this guy to go day three. You could maybe get undrafted, although I think the the community as a whole is is high enough on him that he's not going to go undrafted. But there's definitely cause for concerns on that end. And if you're in a pre-NFL draft, rookie draft, no question this guy needs to be a little farther down your board because we have no yep, idea yep. what's going to happen to him. But I like the talent, man. And and the tape the tape lines up, too. You know, he's really, really smooth. He looks like Amari the, the Cooper, kind of. Yeah, the tape is something, like, this guy, it's, just, it's kind of fun just to like, watch him run. Yeah. Like, that's, how, that's how, how crazy athletic I think he is. Smooth runner, real twitchy athlete, shifty oh, yeah. hips. Um, yeah, I... It's really a shame that the off-field stuff is going to come into play here because the on-field talent is spectacular. Yeah, no doubt. What did he do at the Combine in terms of numbers, Ron? Yeah, a little. I was kind of surprised. Only put up a 34-inch vert at the Combine. He looks like a guy that's going to jump closer to 40, you know, some of the other athletic guys. But a 4-4-1, 40. Okay, so that's I mean, blazing. That's a great... Yeah, that's a great time. Yep. Um, you know, a ten foot broad jump, ten foot one inch broad jump. So I think that kind of checks out as well. Five eleven, two hundred pounds. Um, he, yeah, he, like he, said, he definitely has the speed. Players. He definitely has oh, the yeah. speed. And he's, so he's got the skill, no doubt about that. Yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see where he goes. And I think post draft, he's either going to be higher than nine or a heck of a lot lower than nine. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see where he is in, a, yeah. in just a couple of weeks, Ron. I can't wait. Our next guy is our man crush. We had to include him in the top 10 because we just both love him so much. And it's Deshaun Hamilton from Penn State. Oh, yeah. yep. I mentioned that elite list of freshman breakouts, including Sammy Watkins and Mike Evans and Amari Cooper and Corey Davis and Devontae Adams. He joins that elite list, Deshaun Hamilton as a freshman, had 82 catches, 899 yards, only two touchdowns. And by the way, I, sh- I should have prefixed this. 
you only had to hit two out of those three requirements of 50 catches, 750 yards, and six touchdowns to qualify as a uh, yeah. breakout season. You had to hit two of the three because, you know, you may have a situation like this. 82 catches is, inc- is incredible. So you have to qualify that to, for something, even though he was a little light yeah. on the touchdowns. But, yeah, man, Deshaun Hamilton, true breakout as a freshman. He looks a lot more impressive on tape than than his numbers even. You know, I, I think this is a guy who can really high point the ball. I loved watching him. A game that really stands out to me two years ago, and there was a big game against Wisconsin that he lit up the board. We're from Wisconsin, so we remember him lighting us up in that game. And then he also really balled out against USC in the Rose Bowl. You know, so I, I just think he's performed well in big games, freshman breakout. Uh, he, he's my fa- He's my number one sleeper. If you have a sleeper in the draft at wide receiver, it's definitely got to be Deshaun Hamilton. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I'd say I'm going to kick back and let you go on about Deshaun Hamilton because I know that lately he's just been really getting things going for you and, I, and you really like him. So, um, yeah, I, I think for a late sleeper guy, he's he's got to be the guy you got to keep your eyes on here for the, through the draft. Yeah, and you know, what's, what's interesting was he didn't have amazing combine numbers, you know, a 34.5-inch vert, which is okay. But again, another bigger guy with decent short shuttle speed. I mean, he did a six eight four in the in the three cone. You know, another guy that has quick feet. Yeah, I I mean that's pretty much all I had on Hamilton. He's just he's just a guy that I think you should if you can get to Sean Hamilton in the third round. I I'm all in on on that price, and and I think you oh, can, yeah. and, and I think oh, you yeah. can get him in the third round. So yeah, to Sean Hamilton to me, big riser. It's actually kind of the opposite of our next guy, Dion Kane. From, right. from Clemson U, who has honestly really disappointed. You know, I, I would say his hype and his actual production have gone two separate ways. Right, yeah, those two things do not really line up for Deion Kane because he was a guy his freshman year who were really talking him up and really excited about his future. And then you just never really saw the numbers kind of line up with what we thought was, you know, good talent. Um did all right at the combine, you know. Ran ran a blade, you know, four 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 three at six two, two hundred two pounds. You know, you like that good good three cone time in a six seven one. But when you go and you look at the numbers, it's it's got to be worrisome, don't you think? Well, especially for being on a good team, you know, he he didn't meet the breakout system until he was a junior. He barely met it at fifty eight catches, seven hundred thirty four yards, and six touchdowns. Again, another guy who met two out of the three requirements. And that was as a junior on a good Clemson team. And you can't tell me that he didn't have good quarterback play as a freshman and sophomore. The guy played with Deshaun Watson, who just lit the world on fire in the NFL. So to only have a career 130 catches, you know, for 20 touchdowns, Deion Kane's just a he, – he literally is just a guy. If I had yeah. to pick a guy in this class that I think is just a guy, it's Deion Kane. Yeah, I mean, I think he's probably going to end up getting drafted higher than we think he should. I he mean, he might go know, in round three, late round yeah, three. Yeah, right. You know, good size. He was a top five recruit in the nation um, coming out of high school. So, I mean, I think he's kind of always been on people's radar. But something just, you know, just doesn't add up with him to never see that production. And like you said, playing on a good team with great quarterback play, you just would have expected more out of him. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see 
kind of where he goes in the NFL draft. But I'm kind of with you thinking he's kind of just more, he's just a guy really to me. Yeah, and I think that another guy who's getting a ton of hype, and I'm actually, re- I've actually really been excited to talk about this guy because I know you don't like him that much, but Michael Gallup is probably one of the more polarizing prospects in this class, and he is the only guy in this draft who, in their best season in college, which was this last year for him, hit a hundred catches. He had a hundred catches this last year. His production was bonkers. You know, for he yeah. only he only played two years at Colorado State. Because he was a uh, transfer, yeah, but but uh, you know the kid is impressive, and watching him is kind of a mixed bag because part of me sees this guy who is a mix between DJ Moore and Anthony Miller. You know he he can definitely do some high pointing. He's definitely good after the catch, but he played in the Mountain West Conference, right? So you have to put that right. in perspective. But I think that Michael Gallup is one of the more intriguing prospects. Very low on Scout Sync. Uh, Scout Sync agrees with you, Ron. He only has a 55 grade. So why don't you tell me what you don't like about him? You know, that's, that's kind of the thing. You know, you see the production. You see a ton of numbers. It's just when I, when I watch him on film, I just don't know that I see a guy that's going to be able to separate and really make it at the next level in the NFL. I mean, great size. He's a really He plays really physical, too. But going back onto the Mountain West Conference thing, it's like, well, are you able to play, you know, big and physical against lesser competition? And I just don't really see a guy on film that it's 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 strange to me. He seems very up and down. I can't really get a good read on him. So I've kind of lately, when you and I have talked about Gallup, it's just kind of been, eh, he's more of a stay away guy for me. I just I'm not sure that I'm really sold on him. I'll say this about Gallup. He rounds out our top 12 wide receivers. And I feel comfortable separating him from these next three guys that we kind of have next on our list because the intrigue of him is enough where I'm taking that third-round shot. I I would definitely take a third-round shot on Gallup. He's got, like you said, he's got good size. Man, all these guys in this class are pretty thick. You know, even the right. even the smaller guys that are under six foot are all clearing two hundred pounds. Really, the only guy who's tiny is Ridley. Everybody else has good BMI. But yeah, I'm I'm interested in them. This next three we ha- we felt we had to talk about. I don't like any of these guys for for a ton of reasons, and we're going to get into it. But the next three guys that we're going to briefly touch over is Dante Pettis, Jordan Lasley, and Auden Tate. And the reason why we're touching on these three guys is because these three guys get a ton of hype from around the community, and none of them deserve it. I just saw a guy who had Dante Pettis as his number one receiver in this class, and he and I got into an argument on Twitter. I just couldn't believe that this guy's posting uh, articles on how Dante Pettis is the top receiver in the class. This guy is a worse BMI than Calvin Ridley. He's six foot, 186 pounds. He's a senior. He's on the older side. He was a absolute zero before his junior year. His before his junior year, this guy did nothing in college, and even his best season was fifty three catches, eight hundred and twenty two yards, and fifteen touchdowns. And, and that was two years ago when they had John Ross and they went to the national you know national playoffs. I don't right. see how this guy is going to work out, man. How is a guy who has one hundred and sixty three career catches in the Pac twelve? going to matter at all at the next level who is six foot 186 pounds 
and not an unbelievable athlete. You know, it's not like this guy was Will Fuller blazing. You know, what right. what what did he run at the combine round? Well, I I think he was hurt at the combine because I don't have oh, that's right. NFL combine numbers for him, and I don't even think he was able to run at a pro day either. But I think when you put on film and you watch him run, he's another one of those guys like really fun guy just to watch run. You know, like a magical runner. You know, he's like. And and I I see that I see him as more of like a punt returner, you know, a return oh, guy. Absolutely. Good in the open field. I think he does a pretty good job, you know, catching the ball away from his body, using his hands, you know, all right, release off the line of scrimmage. But when we go back into the BMI stuff and you look at his production, you're thinking more like this guy to me is a special teams player and you know, maybe a flash in the pan here or there. T- to call him your number one receiver in the class, I think is foolish yeah i think his best case scenario is he's will fuller like i think that's the best case for him right and i th- I do think that was the first thing i said to that brad guy i said hey sweet ranking a special teams guy as your top receiver you know yeah. I, i'm just not interested <laughs> man i mean get out of here with that another guy that i think is really overvalued and gets a lot of hype for really nothing is jordan lasley jordan lasley is sammy coates you guys remember Sammy Coates from 2015? If you don't, he was another guy who uh, was built like Tarzan, played like Jane, and couldn't catch anything. Jordan Lasley had the worst gauntlet since Sammy Coates that I can remember at the Combine. The dude just can't play football. I mean, to only have 113 catches in three years of college despite playing with Josh Rosen is disgraceful. That's disgraceful. Yeah, right. I mean, his junior season... The, the numbers for the junior season pretty good. 69 receptions, 1,200 yards, 9 touchdowns. But he played with Josh but, Rosen. He played with Josh Rosen. Yeah, I mean, I, his market share was nothing. That, that's exactly. not impressive. Yeah, if if uh, Josh Rosen was, you know, DJ Moore's quarterback and he put up those numbers, of course that's impressive. Right. Yeah. I, yeah I, I'm with I, you. I'm, I'm not that crazy about Jordan Lazley either. Is, is there anything you like about him? You know, I'm over here bashing these guys. Can you Can you give our listeners – that uh, you know, think between the twenties is mean, and I'm and I'm just picking on guys. What is there anything? Is there a light of hope for Jordan Lasley? Well, unfortunately, Mike, I don't really have a lot for you here in the pros for Jordan Lasley. I mean, looking at even just some of his other combine numbers, to only do to go under ten feet in the broad jump, that's a little alarming to me at nine feet four inches. I mean, yeah, I, at I least know. Coach is a good I, athlete. Yeah. I, <laughs> I just, I don't know about Jordan Lazley, man. You, you know, I, I will say this. He's an 80 grade on Scout Zinc. He's actually ahead of James Washington, which most people would not guess. So I'll give him that. You know, he does have a legitimate shot to go high round three, potentially, in the NFL draft. Yeah. Yep. So there, there's your shed of hope on Jordan Lazley. We're going to finish this thing out with Auden Tate, the big receiver from FSU, who impressively bombed the combine. I, I know you have that in yeah. front of you, Ron. <laughs> Why don't? <laughs> but while you're laughing, why don't you share his combine numbers? I mean, six five, two hundred twenty eight pounds, a blazing four point six eight in the forty. Woo! You heard that correctly, Mike. That was a four six eight for a wide receiver. I mean, only a thirty one inch vert. He was another guy nine feet four inches in the broad jump. Gross. I. Uh, yeah, I'm not, like you said, it was not a very impressive showing for Auden Tate at the Combine. Well, Ron, as unimpressive as his Combine numbers were, 
his production numbers are actually worse. Uh, this guy <laughs> was one of two players, along with DJ Shark, who never hit our th- production threshold requirement. In fact, his collegiate career numbers were lower than Shark. Now, Shark did play a, a fourth year, but 65 catches, 957 yards, and 16 touchdowns in three years at Florida State. That's That ain't cutting the cheese, man. That's That's just... This guy... The reason why we're talking about this guy is he's irrelevant. He shouldn't even be on your board. I wouldn't take him in the fourth round. Just don't draft Auden Tate. And that and that's why we're bringing him up. Is that you have to learn to when to just cross guys off your board. And Auden Tate is yeah. a prime example of a do not draft. Uh, even in the fourth round, just don't draft him. Is, is there any other guy, Ron, that you wanted to bring up as a fourth round flyer? I just mentioned how Auden Tate should be off the board. Was there anybody else that you think is worth it? No, not. I mean, not really. I will. Let me back up a little bit. Another guy that I've just been seeing kind of some some hype on and in, in on other places is the Traquan Smith from uh, UCF. Okay, but you know, I he had he had a good week at the combine. You know, four four nine, thirty seven and a half inch vert, six nine seven on the three cone. 10 feet, 10 inch broad jump and and pretty solid production um, playing for the uh, self-proclaimed national champs uh, UCF. I mean, I think he's a guy you could be aware of, but again, this is, this is a flyer we're talking here. So I, I I have one for you, Ron Darius Fountain. Darius Fountain lit up the East West shrine week and game. He did not get an invite to the combine, and many people, you know, there's not many guys that I'm like, ah, when he doesn't get an invite, I'm outraged. This was one guy I would have loved to see. Darius Fountain crushed his pro day. He's got great size. I I would take Darius Fountain well over Lasley and Auden Tate. And and I, so as a fourth round flyer, Darius Fountain, I absolutely would take a stab on. And I think with that, we are rounding out our wide receiver episode. I think that was a, I think we had I think we hit everybody pretty good there Ron don't you agree yeah I think so and I think the the big thing to keep in mind before the NFL draft here is a lot of these guys like you know our our thought and value on them is going to change based on their landing spot and I think that like you kind of brought at the beginning of the episode here you know there's been a lot of people bashing this class so I think that the hate has gone too far where we're kind of now saying, well, I'm actually, you know, I'm all right with these guys pre-draft. If they go to a good spot, I think you'd be sitting pretty here and find good value in this wide receiver class. Yeah, I do too, man. I mean, there's no way they can be worse than the previous classes we've had. You know, there's no way this class as a whole is going to be worse than 2016 where you had Braxton Miller, Leontay Carew, uh, Treadwell, Doxon, Coleman. I mean, there's just Fuller. Tyler there's no Boyd. way, man. Tyler Boyd, thank you. So I, I think this class is very interesting. The good news is is that we will have the answers in less than two weeks. Uh, the NFL draft is less than two weeks away, and I cannot wait to see where these guys land because of the landing spots. So yeah. make sure... If you have any pre-draft rookie drafts, I know I have one next weekend. I hope this helped you. And we will be coming back post-draft to give you in-depth insight on NFL draft position and why it matters at the position. And so thank you guys for listening. And remember, Dynasty Championships are won between the 20s.